Now, you don't recommend somebody calling you on a Saturday because they want to put in an offer, and that's the first time you've heard from them, right? I, you know, that's not ideal, but that happens all the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as a loan officer, that's kind of something that you, it's part of being a loan officer is being available all the time. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I'm grateful to have Ryan Footit of Applied Mortgage, a DBA of Harbor One Mortgage. He's a loan professional in the 413 area code. Hey, Ryan, what's going on, man? Hey, Mark, I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Doing awesome. DBA, help help uh, help the listener understand what is a DBA? Sure. So a DBA is known um, as a does business as. So Applied Mortgage is a DBA of Harbor One Mortgage, which is Harbor One Mortgage is also part of Harbor One Bank. Interesting. So that's a known quantity. Harbor One is a known bank out here regionally in New England, applied mortgage, more of a local flavor. Yeah. That's why we kept the name applied mortgage just because of the name recognition and, you know, to not confuse any previous clients that we had um, and just really keep that name, name recognition alive. Goodwill. How long has applied mortgage been around? Uh, many, many moons. I don't know exactly the amount of time that it, it actually originated, but um, it's been around for a long time, um, started by Todd Barron, who's you know, kind of like a local legend, legend in the, the loan officer world. Um, just great. Tom Barron. So Tom Barron started Applied Mortgage. You found your way into the mortgage business. How did that happen, Ryan? It's actually Todd Barron, T-O-D-D. Todd Barron. <laughs> um, mortgage, can, I call him, can I call him Mortgage Barron? <laughs> Todd, sure. Um, his daughter, Lindsay Barron, uh, was a friend of mine who I actually met when we started the Young Professionals of Amherst back in 2014. Nice. Um, I was working uh, a job that I had just had when I got out of college and it, it wasn't really leading anywhere. I wasn't into it and was looking for somewhere else to go. Ended up getting another job and I was traveling all around the country and that just didn't work well for my lifestyle and kind of the things that I want to do in life. Um, so Lindsay asked if I wanted to shadow her and her dad, and that's how I got involved in this business in the first place. I, I went there, met with them, loved the atmosphere of the office. It's really like a family-run organization. Um, everyone's super nice and helpful. Uh, it's just a really great place to be around. So met with them again after that, and that's how I, I, you know, I haven't looked back since then. So tell me about day one. Did you even know what a mortgage was when you were signing up for this this job? I, I, you know, very generally knew what a mortgage was, but in the same respect, I didn't know anything about mortgages. I never owned a house or had a mortgage, didn't know anything. So it was really square one. They helped me learn everything and brought me to where I am now. Did you, did you, when you were a kid playing Monopoly, did you play with mortgages or without mortgages? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, probably without. Yeah. Say. We did too. And I think it's a disservice. So when I play with my kids, I mean, it's a six hour game, but we play with mortgages and we dig in and we lever up. It's so important to learn that skill of debt management. But yet when I was a kid, it was, you know, it's too confusing. Let's just move on. Let's, you know, the siblings were like, ah, let's, we're playing, we're going to play the fast round, no mortgages. 
like, well, I need to borrow money to buy this stuff. So how are we <laughs> right. leverage, leverage that debt, lever it up, lever it up. Let's go debt management. That's what we're talking about right now. So here you are young, young kid leaving a, you know, the flight flight game, getting across the country, doing all of the shaking of hands. Now you're local guy, you're Ryan footed local mortgage loan officer. How'd you get going? Uh, so I'm, Born and raised in this area, so I have a lot of you know friends and family who are in this area still. Um, so, using that sphere of influence, meeting other people, and being involved in different community-run organizations, just trying to meet as many people as I can to, you know, spread the good word, as we say, to drive more business into my my business. Cool. So you must have gotten some nice training there at Applied and the Family Feeling Mortgage. You got to call. I got to lead. I got to lead. Help me out. What do I do? Exactly. Um, it really, it's it's kind of a good thing that I didn't know anything about mortgages because I didn't have any, um, you know, bad experiences previous to that or any bad routines that I was I was stuck in. So they really taught me the way that they wanted to teach me, and I learned from the best. So it's it's really, I'm super lucky, and I I really feel lucky every day to be part of that. Team. Isn't that cool? I mean, because you could have landed anywhere, right? Or somebody could have convinced you, you know, it's like that, the leaf in the wind, you know, you kind of follow that leaf and hope that it uh, is floating you in the right direction. Tell me a little bit more about Applied. Tell me the uniqueness that really resonated, you know, because you had no prior experience. So you didn't know, is this, this is how mortgage companies all run? This is exactly how they all run. You know, tell us a little bit about Applied. Yeah, exactly. So Applied Mortgage has uh, like a defined vision, um, defined set of core values as well. So that really resonated with me. Um, and just the, like I said, the family aspect and how nice and welcoming and helpful they've been since day one. It's it's not like they were putting on a facade on, you know, trying to get me to work there. Not that I, you know, whatever, but they're just as good as they seem like they are, that's how they are. So it's funny. We we talk with a lot of people and we talk with folks about core values. And, you know, some people, they put it on the wall and there's our values. Tell us what the core values are at Applied and how you apply them. Sure. <laughs> so um, we have a, a list of nine core values. Uh, good business begets good business. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. Embrace people, treat everyone like family take extreme ownership, never take yes for an answer, integrity and honesty, effective and efficient, wow everyone, and community focused. And those are things that we don't just talk about. Those are things that we discuss on a, you know, a very regular basis and in how we're keeping up with those um, and kind of incorporating those into the way that we do business. And everyone is on board with it and, you know, follows those, those values. And if you're not, then it's not a good fit, right? Right, right. And it's all about being a team at Applied Mortgage. So if you're not someone that is, you know, enacting on those core values, then it might not be a good fit. But everyone on the team is a good fit. And it's just, it's a really nice place. And everyone works together really well. I love that. I love that. All right. So tell me about core value number eight, I think it was. Wow, people. How do you wow somebody in a mortgage? So we want... We want everyone that we work with to have like a quote unquote five-star experience. So when the process is all done, I want them to reflect back on when they worked with me and feel the need to write a five-star experience uh, review on Zillow or, you know, any, any of those different 
places because I want them to tell their friends and family how easy and nice and you know great their experience was when they worked with me. So do you ask them for reviews when the process is complete? Yeah, typically we do. Um, we have a really systematic approach. So that's just part of the end system of the, you know, of the loan process, especially if it was a really great interaction. Those are the, the reviews you want. Those are the reviews you want because you're wowing people, right? So this kind of segues into one of the questions I always ask folks. So I'm going to jump it ahead right now. Give it to us. Like somebody enters the applied mortgage experience. They know Ryan Footit because they were introduced by a real estate professional. Like what does that review say once the confetti lands and the keys are put in their hand? Sure. So I want them to say, I'm, you know, I'm so glad so-and-so referred me to, to Ryan. You really educated me through the process, made everything as easy as possible. Let me know him and his team. Let me know along the way, all the steps that were going to take place. I wasn't confused about things and just knew where I stood at every part of the process. What's really frustrating to me is hearing from other people that I didn't do a loan for, you know, the their bad experiences. So mm -hmm. a lot of things that come up are you know, they didn't know what was what was going on, or they were supposed to close on a certain day, and then that closing got pushed back, and they had no idea why. A lot of things like that, I try to be preemptive in my approach so that I'm kind of answering questions that they'll have in the future, right. so that they, they're not confused before they would even get confused, potentially. Isn't that what it's all about, right, is, is kind of shining the light around the corner, right? It's like you're in a dark tunnel, never having experienced this before, and you're hopefully you're being guided by the right folks, but oftentimes people are thrown in and they're blindly trusting. But answer my question before I ask it is such a valuable, valuable tool, right? If right, and, and this really isn't rocket science too. So every, you know, if you keep a systematic approach, Every loan is going to, you know, basically have the same process with some different variables. You know, everyone's income and assets and employment history, those are all different depending on the person. But the overall process, the end goal is you, you take the same steps to get to that end goal every for every loan. Um, so just maintaining a simple step-by-step -step process really helps people know what's going to happen next and allows the process to run really smoothly. And you all internally get to understand what the next steps are and you can anticipate certain things to make certain that that experience is smooth for your consumer. Well, that's exactly right. That's really interesting. That's really interesting because it is a process, right? And it is a square peg, square hole. We want to get there as smooth as possible. How do we do that, right? So so communication and process, I love that. One of the core values that I I also heard was your last one. I, I forget what it was, be charitable or or give back to the community or something like that. What was it exactly? Uh, community focused. Community focused. I love that. Right. I mean, Rocket Mortgage, are they are they are they going to have sponsored a little league team? Is Amazon gonna gonna sponsor the local, you know, uh, charitable golf tournament? No, the local companies are. So tell us about your involvement with your community and where you're at specifically. Yeah. So um, on a personal level, I'm on the board of Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Hampshire County. I'm also on several committee teams for the Boys and Girls Club of Amherst. Um, and I'm also, like I mentioned, on the board of Hampshire County Young Professionals. It, it used to be called YPA, Young Professionals of Amherst, but about two and a half years ago or so, we merged with Northampton Area Young Professionals. 
and just took on the name Hampshire County Young Professionals to be more inclusive of the the area, like our territory, so to speak. I love it. I love it. What defines a young professional? It's a very vague term. I, I would consider you a young professional, Mark. But I got a I got a, a AARP magazine sent to me recently, which I rejected because it's not supposed to be sent to me yet. But <laughs> we don't turn anyone away. We you know we want to grow our membership and have everyone be part of of the the program. I kid you a little bit because there's those, uh, and then I've been involved in those organizations, and you know it's usually because it started by a young professional, right? You know somebody who was hard charged and it said there's not an effective marketing group for my demographic right now and then i start it and then it grows into something great hopefully because it's yeah. a nice entry way to get into mar- uh, networking right because there's usually the old guard they say right <laughs> how do you how do you break through the old guard yeah exactly and like go to i go and have for years go to all the chamber events and different things in the community but we at the time when i you know i'm getting older too but at the time it was kind of like you're saying the old guard. So unless you were part of the, the tight knit community um, that goes to the chamber events, it's kind of difficult to meet people. But after years of going, you become part of the old guard. But starting a, a young professional organization, it's more towards bringing people together and having fun and, and meeting people rather than really focused on work kind of things. But that's how I got my job is is out of that too. And I know several other people that have made good connections and you know furthered their career because of it too so it's it's been pretty successful anywhere you can find like-minded people right anywhere you can find like-minded people you're going to have a connection which hopefully facilitates a business relationship which facilitates a deeper connection and a a deeper friendship i I love uh where you're going with that um how about the big brothers big sisters that's a cool organization you don't hear much about that anymore. Tell us a bit a little about that and your involvement and such. Yeah. So I've been on the board of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Hampshire County for about three and a half years now, just over three and a half years. Uh, it's something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I luckily wasn't involved in the organization when I was younger, but um, growing up, you know, I want to kind of share those experiences that I can provide to someone, to someone that might not have the same opportunities that I did. So it's great being involved in in a program that helps younger people um, kind of have a good role model and do fun things that they might not have the opportunity to do without the program. So who, who and how were you introduced to Big Brothers Big Sisters if you weren't a contributor as a kid or a participant as a kid? Sure. So um, part of the uh, Young Professionals of Amherst, I met a woman who had a, she was, she actually worked at Big Brothers Big Sisters at the time. And she had a younger brother in real life that kind of had a, a struggling family background. So I was really involved in kind of outdoor activities like fishing and things like that. And her brother loved doing those things. So I wasn't an official big, but I did kind of take him under my wing and take him fishing and, you know, to the movies and do different fun things uh, that he might not have had the opportunity to do on as a regular basis as he was with me. Um, and I still remained in touch with him. Actually, he moved, he was from Florida, moved back down to Florida and once I went down and visited him in Florida too. That's uh, cool. So that nice to see him. How would a kid who needs a big brother find a way to that? Do they have like guidance counselors at schools who are introducing kids to this concept or boys and girls clubs or? 
it, it is around in the community, like um, different ways that they can get involved or, or kind of join the program to find a big, get matched, as we say. Um, there are caseworkers that try to match up the littles, as we call them, with the bigs, big brothers, and big sisters. So really contacting big brothers, big sisters of Hampshire County is the best way to do that. So you can get matched up with a caseworker and then eventually get matched up with a, a big. And and what's the typical age range for a big, say? There's no real age okay. restriction. So it becomes kind of uncle. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And what about littles? Like what's the age range for those guys? The youngest, I believe, to be eight. Uh, and the oldest is up to 18. Cool. Cool. I've always thought that was a really neat organization. Um, now you mentioned, I think, Boys and Girls Club of Amherst too, right? Are you you're involved in that? Yes, I'm on the committee for the. Uh, we have a golf tournament every year that raises a lot of money, and over the years, it's since I've been involved with it, which I think is three or four years now. I've been on the committee for that committee for that. Um, it's really grown, and we've started raising a lot more money than we had historically, which is what you want to do with yeah. a fundraiser year over year. So that's great. Um, and we also have another fundraiser called the uh, the gala, and that is another fundraiser, and and that's been doing really well as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love community involvement. I love the local feel of a local thread in the community, you know. And I feel like that's where you are with with applied mortgage. Well, tell us a little bit more about your unique approach to the mortgage process. So so when somebody is introduced. You know, how are you sitting with them? And we don't want to get market specific because uh, somebody could absolutely be listening to this five years from the recording and and interest rates and the market could be very, very different than it is today. But sitting down with that buyer, you know, give us the paint the picture of how that goes. Sure. So, you know, after COVID, um, things pretty much went digital and virtual communication wise. Um, so typically the way the process works now is someone will contact me or I'll reach out to someone based on a referral from a realtor or an attorney or a financial advisor who's looking to either buy a house or refinance for a number of reasons. Um, I'll have an initial conversation with them to find out kind of what their goals are for the process, where their education is in the process. Um, I work a lot with first-time homebuyers and, you know, even people that are buying their, you know, a multiple unit investment property. Um, so knowing where they are in the process is, is really helpful and kind of tailors my conversation and knows it helps me to know what I need for documentation from the person too. Once I have that basic information, then I'll send them my application and the list of documents that I need. It's a really step-by-step, -step, easily understood um, email that lets them know what's going to happen at this first step, step two, step three, step four. And then once I gather all those documents, that's when I begin the pre-approval process or setting up the refinance application. Um, and then we move forward from there. So they they kind of share in and vest into this five-star experience, right? So they have this application that's easy, but yet you're sharing the process, right? Step one, step two, here's how it's going to go. Now, you don't recommend somebody calling you on a Saturday because they want to put in an offer and that's the first time you've heard from them, right? I, you know, that's not ideal, but that happens all the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as a loan officer, that's kind of something that you, it's part of being a loan officer is being available all the time. Um, we don't work, you know, we don't work regular banker's hours where my cell phone's my best form of, of contact for me on the weekends, especially. Um, but we're, we're always available and we always want someone to help. And 
also just having the team behind me too. If I'm unavailable, then there's someone else that can kind of jump in and, and at least get the process started or look over things on any day or any time. So I love your reaction and your answer to that. Very authentic and true. Ideally, they're going to go look at that houses on Saturday. I mean, are you talking to them on Monday, Tuesday, going through strategies and, you know, before the emotional rage kicks in on, I have to have this house? It's a very emotional process for them, especially, you know, home buyers. So trying to keep everyone cautiously optimistic, as I like to say, is kind of the goal. I want them to be excited and, you know, really want the property that they're putting an offer in on. But I don't want them to be discouraged if, you know, which this happens all the time, but if they submit an offer and the offer is not accepted, it's tough for people, especially when they're making the first couple offers that get shut down, it's tough for them not to get discouraged. So I just try to lend a helping hand and say, you know, this is this is just how the market is right now. Stay with it. Stay positive. The right house is going to come along. But as far as them letting me know when they get an accepted offer, is is that what you're asking? No, more like where, when does that first buyer counseling ideally happen, you know, where you sit down and kind of go through the experience and the process and all of it. That happens as soon as possible. I would really love it for them to come and contact me before they think they're even ready to buy a house. What happens a lot is people might have this idea on what they have to do in order to get ready to buy a house. You know, I need to save 20% down to buy a house. I need to have this certain credit score to buy a house. There's all these kind of preconceived notions that they, you know, they might have heard from their parents who bought a house 40 years ago, had to deal with, but things change all the time in this industry. And meeting with a professional that can kind of guide you through the process and let you know the steps you should take before you take steps that might actually hurt you is really the, the that's the most beneficial thing you can do. So I, especially talking to friends and family, I always tell them, you know, talk to me as soon as possible before you think you're ready to buy a house. That way I can kind of set you up for success and really help you out in the future. But Ryan, I don't know. I don't want to bother you. I'm not sure. I, you know, I'm not even sure how my credit is. I don't want to bug you. Yeah. Uh, it, it's no one is ever bugging me by getting the process started. And, you know, that really helps to prevent those Saturday morning pre-approvals because they're going to look at their dream house at one in the afternoon and it's, you know, nine o'clock on a Saturday. So if they can get pre-approved well in advance, they know where they stand. They know the steps they need to take in order to make themselves in the best situation they could be in. They're armed. They're prepared. They're proactive. They've got the knowledge. They've had their questions answered and they know exactly what they can afford. Exactly. And knowing what they can afford and what they should afford are two different things. There's, there's an amount of money that the bank will lend you. But the more important question is, what's the... What's a comfortable monthly payment for you, you, the, the customer, um, you know, being comfortable with a monthly payment is the most important part of the lending process. When you're buying a house, you don't want to get into a house that you love because it you know, checks all the boxes. You want to buy a house that you love and you're also comfortable with a monthly payment for. Right. You don't want to buy that house and be eating cat food. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's interesting because the banks do allow you to borrow more than one would be comfortable with, right? Because they don't factor in a lot of the expenses that are real to each unique right. individual, right? Like, what do I spend my money on? So yeah, step one, awesome. step one, would you recommend folks sit down and budget? Yeah, that is a great thing to do. And that's part of my initial phone conversation. I, I ask people kind of a, a series of questions 
um, that lead them to the answers I want them to understand. So what I mean by that is I'll ask them, you know, what do you have any kind of price point in mind that you're looking to get to as far as a purchase price? And they'll say, you know, yeah, I want to buy this $300,000 house or $500,000 house. All right, that's great. And what are you planning on putting down as a down payment? And they'll say, you know, what they want to put down. All right, excellent. So do you have a, a monthly payment in mind that you're looking to keep your, your budget at? And then they usually they don't have an answer for that. So that's when I start explaining what a monthly payment is, what comprises a monthly payment, principal and interest, homeowners insurance, real estate taxes. And if they put less than 20% down, there's some form of mortgage insurance that's collected also. So knowing what that total monthly payment equates to is helpful for them to help budget too. And then I'll run through a scenario based on current rates and where they're looking. I'll estimate real estate taxes and homeowners insurance and stuff to give them an idea of what that you know, $300,000, $400,000 house is going to look like based on their down payment amount. Got it. Got it. And then they're armed. They go and they say, Ryan, we got the house. Now what? Now, you know, please send me that accepted offer so I could start the the real application and look at interest rates with you and get that locked in and get the appraisal ordered. But they wouldn't even call you and say, now what? They'd already know because you you coached them up already. That's that's the goal. If you had time, right? So people, are you listening? All of Ryan's uh, sphere of influence and referral partners, the earlier he can sit with the buyer, the better prepared they're going to be. I love that. I love that. Be prepared. You know, that's ideal. But if it is last minute that we deal with that all the time, and that's that's fine too. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about Ryan. So, you know, you're working, you're doing a great job. You're being an amazing professional in your in your business, you're giving back, you're helping out the community. What do you do in your free time? You know, the pleasures, where do you go? What do you do? Sure. So I, I love to golf. Um, I play hockey on two different teams twice a week, avid skier, love fishing and a variety of outdoor things. Just any, I'm always moving, always involved in something. And I like it that way. Recently got into uh, cycling. So cool. been doing that a lot lately and loving that too. Cool. We'll see you at the Pan Mass Challenge, hopefully. I'm planning on being there. <laughs> well, the tagline is commit, then figure it out, which resonates with me and I'm sure you. So, so Ryan, you've expanded your comfort zone here a little bit by being on a podcast. Not everybody's doing that. And I hope everybody who's listened to this appreciates the information you're giving them and, and really truly gets to know you a little bit better, a little deeper. Uh, but with comfort zones we have a favorite comfort zone buster and that's karaoke right there is no finer icebreaker no finer way to challenge yourself and expand your comfort zone than stepping up on stage alone and singing a song so ryan foot it you're up next what are you singing i have sung karaoke a, a couple times how'd it go um, it, it it was <laughs> as well as someone who is not a great singer would you yep. you'd think that would go. Um, yep. But I think I would have to go with a Tyler Childers song. Probably Lady May would be the one that I would choose. Lady May by Tyler Childers. Is that country? I don't recognize that. It, yeah, it is like a country guy. Cool. Cool. I can't wait to see you up there singing that. <laughs> now, Ryan, the most important question of them all is if someone wanted to sit down with you and have that strategy and learn a little bit about the mortgage process. Maybe they're not sure if they can afford, but with all the programs that are out there, 
maybe all they need is information or somebody who knows that they're looking to buy and wants to sit down and, and uh, talk through pre-approval, how would they get in touch with you? So um, by my cell phone or calling the office or by email, really the cell phone is the best way because I always have that on me. Even if I'm away, quote unquote, on vacation, I always have my cell phone, always have my computer with me. Um, so that cell phone is the best number for me. Grab that pen and paper, folks. Give it to us. So it's 413-695-3460. One more time. 413-695-3460. All right, folks, if you're driving, don't freak out. If you get to your location, you open up the show notes, Thomas will, will put that in there and it clicks right through. So you can call Ryan and say, Ryan, I heard your podcast. It was awesome. Let's sit down. I got to introduce you to somebody. Ryan, thanks for joining, man. I appreciate you sharing, sharing your insights, sharing your experiences and a little bit about yourself, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Secure Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure Title, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.